And with that, we're going to go into our scripture reading today. The scripture reading is from the 13th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, verses 13 through 20. Now, when Jesus came to the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they answered, Some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Compassionate God, all creation delights in your presence through your word. May the wisdom of your spirit bring understanding into our minds and truth into our hearts, that we may see how to praise and serve you through the example of your son, Jesus the Christ. Amen. I want to imagine you to imagine for a second that Jesus has gathered his disciples around him. He has gathered them like we gather our children right here at the front of the church for children's time. And they were all sitting and listening to him as he asked them, who do people say that the son of man is? Now, I don't know how many of you brave souls may have led a children's time before, but when you put a question out there, for the children to answer, you know that you're taking a risk. You know to be prepared for any possible answer that might come back to you. It can really be quite unnerving. And I imagine that Jesus felt a similar trepidation, a similar fear as he asked the disciples this question. Jesus had no idea what they would say or what answer he would have to work with going forward in his children's time, uh, disciple time. How would Jesus tie whatever the disciples said into the lesson he hoped to teach them that day? The disciples did not disappoint here. They brainstormed and came up with these answers, these somewhat safe answers that they had already heard others give. Some have said, you are John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. Not half bad. These were good solid, safe answers, especially for their time. They named the heavy hitters, the superheroes of their faith at the time. John, Elijah, Jeremiah. Those were safe answers based on the stories they had heard all their lives. Never mind that they'd already witnessed Jesus performing miracles, healing the blind, casting out demons, feeding the multitudes. Never mind all that. Let's be safe in our answers. But Jesus wasn't looking for a safe answer from the disciples. He was hoping for a memorable, splashy children's time that would go down in history. 
And instead, after the disciples gave these safe answers, there came that awkward silence. That awkward silence that everyone who has done a children's time knows about and dreads. When the children fidget and they look at one another, not wanting to disappoint the adult around them or be told that they're wrong yet again, that awkward silence when nobody has offered the correct answer yet and the children's time leader doesn't quite know what to do. Do I give them a hint? Do I go in a different direction? What now? And Jesus, like the best of children's time leaders, he retreated and rephrased his question. Who do you say that I am? And then suddenly, one of them blurted out an answer. And it happened to be the right answer. Simon Peter, infused with the courage that would either make him correct or a blasphemer, answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus instantly reacted and responded, Peter! You rock! Literally, you rock! Your name, Peter, means rock. And on you, on this rock, named Peter, I will build my church. Now, what could that mean? Now, to be fair, yes, children's time, disciples' time can be a bit dicey. But Jesus didn't always ask the clearest questions either. And that is a really key is really key to a good children's time. A children's time veteran knows to ask clear questions, tell clear stories, use clear examples. And Jesus didn't always do that. He made his disciples think and think hard. The disciples, or really Peter, had come up with the answer Jesus was expecting. And now the veteran children's time leader would know to reward the children at this point, put them out of their discomfort and misery, spoon feed them the lesson. Explain the lesson you're trying to reach, teach in easy and simple terms. It should all be downhill from there. But look at this response from Jesus. Now is the time for Jesus to be completely transparent. And instead he says, Peter, your name means rock, and upon this rock, upon you, Peter, I will build my church. What does that even mean? Was Jesus going to build a church on Peter? Literally, he was going to put Peter on the ground and physically build a church on top of him? I don't think so. We can't take this metaphor that Jesus is using literally. So how should we hear what Jesus intended? Peter was among the first to proclaim, to confess that Jesus was the son of the living God, God's Messiah. Peter produced his statement of faith, if you will. And Jesus, Jesus was going to use Peter, Peter's statement of faith, as the foundation for the church. But not the church building, the church universal all its members, all of God's children, the church as in the body of Christ. The building of God's church, the body of Christ, has continued and been passed on from generation to generation. Each generation has added its stones of faith to the building. Stones like St. Peter and St. Paul, Augustine, 
John Wesley, Mother Teresa. Those are some pretty big rocks upon which to build a church. And I want you to remember, it wasn't easy for any of them building a church. Building is hard work, especially building a church. But they did it anyway. And you know who's up now? Who has come forward and is sitting here ready for children's time? Who is the body of Christ now? We are. And I have this sneaky suspicion that this world is going to need all of us, all of us, to be Peters, to be rocks, to be the foundation of the church in the days and weeks and months and even years going forward. As people look back on this troubled time and try to make sense of it, they're going to look for the bold, authentic Peters who blurt out the answers, who witness all they've seen and experienced, who boldly give answers to other people's doubts and fears, who will answer those hard questions from a firm foundation of faith, like I know you all have. People are going to look to us to soothe their losses, to ease their grief, to help shoulder, shoulder their burdens. When people ask you where you get your peace, where you find hope, who gives you these things? With the boldness of Peter, I hope and I pray you will say to them, Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, that's where I get my hope. Let me tell you about this guy, this, this Jesus in whom I put my trust and in whom I have faith. Now, I know this idea of telling people about your faith, it may be a new concept to you. It may make you uncomfortable. But it's one of those things we're all going to need to work on. I think more people are going to need the comfort and the openness of the church. More people are going to need to hear your story. Be ready. Be alert. Peter didn't have to bring up the topic. Jesus did. And I think you'll find that this is how it really works. People around you are going to notice your sense of peace and hope, and they're going to ask you, where do you find that? Those questions will come your way, and you will have an invitation to respond, just like Peter. In this strange new time, Jesus is calling you all to be Peter's, to be the rocks upon which he can build the future of the church. And maybe this job feels overwhelming to you right now, like you're just a small stone, kind of like this one in this great big world, not a Peter, not a Paul. You might be asking, how could Jesus possibly build the future of the church on me? But this small stone, it represents each one of us here. And while you may be thinking, me? Me, a small stone. I'm tiny when compared to those big stones of the church history that we just mentioned. I can't possibly matter. But the thing is, is when you place lots of little teeny tiny stones side by side, you're creating the foundation of God's church. And we're all, when we're all sitting lined up side by side together, we support and we help each other to be strong. We can share the load together. We can spread out the weight of this work. 
and it'll be easier for each one of us. So today, as I lay this little stone at the foot of the cross on behalf, on behalf of each one of us, I want you to think about those doubts and fears that have kept you from speaking about your faith in the past and that you think might keep you from speaking about it in the future. They're represented in that teeny tiny stone because you are so much more than those fears. Your faith is so much bigger. So we're going to lay it all here so we can go out and be the church. Lay all of our fears and our doubts right here so we can go out and be the church in the world around us. And we do this because each week God invites us to bring to this sanctuary and place at the foot of the cross our burdens and our brokenness, our bruised and hurting self-image, our fears, our shame, our doubts, and our anxieties. All the things that are separating us from God. So as you are ready, come and place all your brokenness here at the foot of the cross. Amen.